Good morning, evening, or night on this Monday, Thursday. This is Jackson. This and, is Hutch. Yeah, and we're here in the Hannesy Howard Recording Studio, along with our esteemed colleague, Miss Duff Points. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Well, welcome back. This is your second time here. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Second time's a charm. <laughs> That's right. So, well, I'm I'm excited because I wasn't I wasn't here with you on uh, on Tuesday. So I'm I'm excited to be here with you and uh, hear what it is that you've you've brought before us today. Well, I think I mentioned last time that I love the Book of John, and it's so rich, and there's so much to go over. So um, it's it's again just a joy to be here with you all to look at these beautiful passages. And thanks again to Eric for. Uh, providing some some music and uh, allowing his talents to to be of the benefit of the podcast and of yeah, the listener. So. Absolutely. And well, with that, with that shall we uh, go, shall we go to scripture? Let's dive in. Let's do it. All right. So from the book of John, chapter 17, be reading from verses 1 through 6 and then 13 through 24. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. I am coming to you now. But I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, and they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me, and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Take a moment 
and think about this passage of Jesus in the upper room with his beloved apostles. The time is drawing close when Jesus will be taken into captivity and then sentenced to death. His parting time with his closest friends is spent in prayer. Consider what Jesus meant when he said it was time for him to be glorified. Jesus provides the definition of eternal life for us. He says that we know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. How does this knowledge reside in your heart? As Jesus prays, he says that the apostles are not of the world anymore than he is of the world. What does it mean to be a citizen of God's kingdom? Do you sometimes feel like you are in exile in this world? After Jesus prays for the apostles, he prays for the believers who are to come. Jesus is praying to the Father for you. He prays that you will be in relationship with him and the Father. How do you feel about the Lord Jesus Christ praying on your behalf? Talk with the Lord. Tell him what this exploration of the word brought up for you. All of creation waits for you to set it free. So we too await adoption as your sons and daughters for this home. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray. 
searches our hearts, knows the mind of God, and intercedes for us according to His will. And all will be made good for those who walk alongside the disciples, your people in Israel, to walk to the cross, that while you were here, you, you interacted with your creation. You interacted with, with people like us. You prayed for us. Lord, as we, um, as we sit on a day where we reflect on your betrayal. We remember that in order for you to be betrayed, you had to be befriended. That you were someone who, who came to earth and you had, you had friendships. You had people that you lived in community with. And that's not something that you have done in the past. That's something you continue to do now. And Lord, we're just so grateful that you are a living God that you're not one that came to do what you were going to do on earth 
and then retreat back to heaven. But you're a God that seeks us out. Lord, so I pray that as we sit with you at the table, that we be drawn in by you, that we allow your spirit to draw us in. Lord, as we reflect on what this week was like for you, Lord, I pray that that brings us new understanding, but also closer in relationship with you. Lord, humble our hearts. Continue to show us who we are and whose we are. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Duff. Yes, Jackson. <laughs> that was excellent. I'm glad I was here for this week. Yeah. Well, or this week, this day. I mean, again, <laughs> when you when you are in the midst of his um, word in the upper mm-hmm. room, it's just it's just such an incredible teaching that he's giving to the apostles and to mm-hmm. us. You just really can't go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I always have a little bit of a hard time with this section of John, not because mm. it's not good. It's because it's so good that it's hard to take in all of it. So I really mm. appreciate kind of, Dan, what, what you've put together in taking some chunks of, of Scripture each day as we, we walk towards the cross. Because a lot of times when I read this, I read it all together. Yeah, if mm-hmm. that make, yeah. makes sense, yeah. kind of as a, as a section, and that there are a lot of like repeats and refrains mm-hmm. that are that are echoed, yeah. and and yeah. so sometimes that can kind of lose its its umph, if mm-hmm. you will, just when you're reading it all as, as one one piece or one evening conversation, yeah. um, leading up to leading up to the betrayal mm-hmm. and then up to the the crucifixion so it's a lot to take in it is yeah there's a lot of a lot in there yeah and it's it's good conversations and then you have prayers and you got some of john's kind of just interjections in there Mm -hmm. and you you know it's um it's caused me to this was really good for me to kind of slow down and and take it take it in a little bit and he very much is mapping out like optimally how he wants our relationship to be with him and the Mm -hmm. father Mm -hmm. yeah with both of them uh and of course in 14 he brought in the holy spirit too so he's instructing them on 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 optimally what those relationships look like and the love that comes through those yeah i'm just always struck and i've been ruminating more and more on this idea that Christ's desire is that we may be one just as he is one with the Father, and not just one with one another, but one in him and and therefore one with him in the Father, right? And so there's this... that relationship. Yeah, that that Christ's desire, Christ's work is about truly drawing us into the triune life of God and that perfect communion and that perfect relationship and perfect love and perfect vulnerability, like all all the things that, that are uh, perfected in God 
uh, that's that's the, the relationship that we're being invited into, drawn up into. And that's what Christ prays for us. And that's just, that's pretty cool. And it's it's sort of, yeah, again, I, I think I've used this before, but it's kind of mind-bending to me that that's God's, that's, that's what Christ wants for us. Um, and I think about, I, mean, I think a lot of times I think, how, how often do I pray for the things that God prays for? on my behalf? Like, how often do I pray the, the prayer of Christ? Like, if Christ wants this for me, then I should probably want it, and <laughs> I should ask for it. And I think it's like Christ wants us to be filled with the Spirit, and we talked about that uh, that Tuesday, and and how often do I pray, like, Lord, fill me with your Spirit, and, you know, Christ wants us to be one with Him and one with the Father, and how often am I content to be like, Lord, if you could just give me a little bit of your presence now, and so I can go do this thing that I want to do, and I'll come back for a little bit more. And it's like, that's just so far from what God, that's that's so inferior to what God actually wants for me. Um, anyways, I, I think it's, it's striking what Christ prays and think, man, how should this shape my prayer life? That's one of the places where my mind was going. Well, and I remember when I was first studying John and I, it was like a eureka moment when I realized that he was praying for future believers. Hmm. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's not just praying for those that are sitting around the table with him. He is praying for us. He's praying for future believers and what a gift that is mm. and that he continues to, to be an intercessory prayer for us uh, when he sits on the right hand of the Father after his ascension. So, I, I mean, that that's almost a blow your mind sort of yeah. moment. I think another interesting thing about... This passage is when he talks about that we are not of the world mm. any more than he is of the wor- world. Yeah. And I'd be interested to get your all's take on just the thought of, you know, that we live here, but we don't yeah. really belong here, that we're citizens of God's kingdom, not this yeah. earthly place. Yeah. But, Oh, go ahead, Dan. No, no, no. We no, always, no. I, I've, we I've already, already jumped right in. Well, I, I just, I was just gonna say, as you were talking, it took me back to our very first episode in the podcast. Mm-hmm. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. Well, Karis Ward, Karis Ward. No, you, Dan. <laughs> no, no, no. After you, <laughs> I insist. Oh, fiddly dee. When have you go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think our first, I think our first episode or two was the. Uh, you repent because the kingdom of God is at hand, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And that idea that, uh, and we were looking at Matthew 4. I mean, Jesus says that a few different places, but as, as or Matthew 5, I guess, after Jesus comes out of the desert, after the temptation, after the baptism, his opening message is a word of repentance because the kingdom of God is at hand. And that, you know, shapes our, our life that we believe that, there's this inauguration of this kingdom of God, which is not a kingdom of this world and sort of exists alongside and overlapping the world in which we live. And, and so we are, we are in this world, and yet there's a different allegiance that we owe. There's a different king who's lord of our lives. There's a different priorities that we give. And sort of the, you know, the whole gist of uh, life on the vine has is looking at that question, Duff, of like, what does it mean to to be kingdom people? 
What does it mean to claim Christ as Lord and be attached to the vine? What does it mean to um, live in this world and, and care for this world and be good citizens of this world, but recognizing that ultimately we don't we don't belong here, um, and it, and it's not. Um, yeah, we don't we don't belong, and it's not what we're we're not shooting for the the stuff of this world or success according to worldly standards or, I mean, it really, you know, it, it goes into all areas of life, but yeah, yeah I've said my piece, Jackson. So no, no, no. I, that's exactly where I was going to go was that, that that's the whole thing that this podcast has been predicated on is that, that creating, we started with the framework of we are in the world, but we're not of it. And that, that means everything we do, do say take in give out is done through a different lens Mm -hmm. um is done uh for the glory of god and that that affects with how how we interact with everything um or it should at least right um and again i'll mention this to the listeners because my favorite song that has to do with this it's one of my favorite songs just in general but it's um by switchfoot it's called a beautiful letdown if you guys want to go listen to that one it is oh it's so good it's so good but it's just a great reminder that i don't belong here that this is not my home and it was such a beautiful letdown when i didn't live up to the expectations of this world, but I found my place in your kingdom. I'm getting choked up here. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. So I found my place in your, Mm. in your kingdom. And so that there's, I think a lot of times we can say, we can think of being of the kingdom and not of the world, meaning I can't enjoy the things of the world. And so it's kind of a, I can't enjoy kind of thing. It's a prohibition when really it's an invitation into Mm -hmm. something that's so Mm. much greater. Yeah. And yeah. it's an invitation to to life and life in the fullest, just as um, it said here that we get to experience eternal life yeah. starting now. Yeah. Not, I mean, it is a future thing to be with God forever. Mm-hmm. I believe that heaven is a place. So yes, we will be with God forever in his kingdom, but eternal life with him starts right now and like how cool is that that we um we get to be with god and we get to enjoy him forever right and that that at its essence is what it means to be to have eternal life Mm. and then from there how does that cause us to take in everything else you know all the things that i used to chase just don't have that, dust. that taste anymore, right? Because yeah. it's it's temporal. It it doesn't last. It it's doesn't fill me up. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, and that allows you to stand in really hard places too, yeah. and allows you to do um, some really difficult things and some things mm-hmm. that don't make a whole lot of sense to the people around you. Don't make a whole lot of sense to the people who are in the middle of the situations that you're in and sometimes don't make a whole lot of sense to you. Um, but it allows, it allows God and his kingdom to be at work, uh, in and through you mm-hmm. in these really weird, cool places. So when he calls us mm-hmm. to be fruitful, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, we're in exile, but yeah. 
you know, we're to be fruitful while we're in exile. What I love in this, that Jesus, this, you know, we're not of this world. And, and, and I think that, you know, potentially could draw up sort of, and I love the song, you know, the world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue, that sort of gospel tune. And if that's not really what Jesus is saying, in fact, he actually prays, like, I'm not saying take them out of the world, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like, that's the specific thing. Um, but I want you to keep them from the evil one. And even as you sent me into the world, I'm sending them into the world. So it's it's not a sort of escapist we're citizens of of heaven, so peace out, world. It's this um, re- renewal and and stepping back in, knowing whose we are and who we are and where we belong. And exactly like you said, Jackson, that that sort of strength to step into opposition, to live differently, to prioritize differently. To uh, I think of Jesus' words earlier in John chapter twelve that we should be willing to lose our life if we need to. If we love our lives, then we'll lose them. But if we hate our lives, then we'll gain them for the, the kingdom of heaven. And he's talking, he's about to head into this upper room discourse and he's about to head, head to the cross. But just this idea of you know, where do we prioritize and are we willing to follow Jesus to the cross? Are we willing to lay down our lives with him? And that's all about this, where do we belong and who do we belong to and and where are we looking for life? And I think that that to me is just all tied up in this conversation around the kingdom. So um, it's this theme that runs throughout the gospels, runs throughout John. And um, yeah, I appreciate that, that question. And I agree that has to be soaking in with them really heavy right now. And he's reinforcing it as they think through what it means to be sent yeah. He's he's equipping them, he's preparing them, he's loading them up with what it means to be sent. They're, they and us are his ambassadors mm-hmm. out in the world. Yeah. Not of the world, but in the world. We're in his jerseys. Yeah, yeah. And I like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's not always going to be an easy task, yeah. you know, but that it's one where uh, he's also calling us to be sanctified, to become more and more mm-hmm. like him, not to be... Uh, you know, comfortable with where we are, but as we step out, as we're sent out, that he is going to be sanctifying us to be more holy, to be more like him, to be uh, even more image bearers of Christ. And so I think that's an, an, another theme that's coming out here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and, you know, we're on Thursday. And I just keep thinking about they're having these conversations and Jesus is talking to the disciples. And I know that we haven't gotten to Friday yet, but what does this conversation, how do you process that Hmm. on Thursday or on Friday and on Saturday? Like this just seems like very pointless from two days from now, you know, in the disciples life. Um, But how, how, how impactful is this after Sunday? And it's like, right. oh, and then, you know, Jesus comes and spends time with them. And then really we get into the, um, into the book of Acts and we see how these things and these chapters mm-hmm. are really played out in the early church through, yeah. through the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause they're taking it out. Yeah. They're taking yeah. it to the yeah. streets. Yeah. <laughs> to the streets. Taking it to the streets. (laughs) Taking it to the streets. Uh, 
which is encouraging to me too because we don't always get it immediately. Yeah. And and at least I, think, I don't. I yeah, no, I don't either. And it's just encouraging to me that you can God doesn't give give up on us just because we don't get it immediately. We can you know, we don't always get it when we read the scripture. We don't always yeah, yeah. Anyways. But but God is patient and and Well, and that kind of drew me that kind of is what I was sitting with partly because it was one of the last questions, but what is it what does it mean for Christ to have prayed and is praying mm-hmm. on your behalf? And I just think about all of the students that I pray for, and I don't really sit and think about maybe who's praying for me. Mm-hmm. And But how cool is it that we have a God that, and it's just kind of also mind-bending, because why does Jesus need to pray? Because he is God, So, but he's praying, yeah. and he's the Holy Spirit's intercessing. And then there's, it's just, it draws us into that mind bend of the, of the uh, Trinity. Um, but still how important it is for us to pray for one another, for mm-hmm. us to um, pray for, for future disciples and that mm-hmm. he's prayed for future disciples that yeah. he, he's prayed for us. That, that right there, just like, right. My and, mind is blown. Yeah. And it goes back to, we're not out there on uh, all alone. He's not calling right, yeah. us yeah. to go it alone. That he's constantly with us. That he's uh, praying on our behalf. That he has sent the Holy Spirit so that we won't be orphans. That he's given us the church so that we yeah. have each other. And so there, it just is a lot of reassurance yeah. that we don't we don't go it alone. Yeah. Well, and I just love the last little bit of how you you ended what has this exploration of the word what has it mm. has it brought up for you and that's totally what this is it's an exploration it's a journey it's yeah. it's a it's a grand adventure is yeah. kind of what it that draws me into and that scripture is that and that i don't mean I, how many times have you read john duff oh yeah I, yeah, and I, I mean dozens. how many times have you read john dan and yeah. like the amount of times that Fair i've read bit. john too yeah. A lot more than Leviticus. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Same for me. But this this doesn't get old. Yeah. No, it like, never gets old. Especially like this this sequence of chapters kind of yeah. towards the end. It's just and it do, not only does it just not get old, like new stuff comes yeah. to mind and comes comes to heart and yeah. and the Holy Spirit convicts me in one way or comforts me in another way and it's hmm. The the exploration of the word, I, I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. That was good. Yeah. Well, and and I love sort of the 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 dual possible meanings of that: of the exploration of Scripture, the exploration of Christ, who mm-hmm. is the Word of God. Right as we're reading through John, the Word became flesh, and so there's sort of that. And then uh, this is maybe twisting what you meant a little bit, but I think of Hebrews: the Word of God is living and active, and sharper than a double-edged sword, and dividing the sort of bone, the soul from the marrow. And so the word explores us too. And mm. I think as you're Jackson, you're talking about this, the spirit opens new things to us and convicts us of different things and comforts us in different ways. So that's uh, sort of a twist on the twist on the meaning, but the exploration of the word that the word has the power to uh, work on us. You know, we explore the word, but the word also um, is alive and active when we come to it. So 
you never know what's going to happen when you open the scriptures. It's a dangerous business. It's a Frodo Malad. It is. Adventures well, in Christ. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Now that we've gone off on the Lord of the Rings, I think Sorry. it's time probably <laughs> to wrap this one up. Um, Had to take us there. You know, I want to say happy Maundy Thursday to you guys, but it's not really a happy day. Yeah. Um, but as we walk to the cross, and we're, we're almost there, um, uh, I'm just praying for you guys, for, for you listeners, um, that, that this be an Easter in a season leading up to Easter that's different. That's um that's something that's a little bit different that we can kind of climb in together on what it means to mourn with one another, what it means to sit with one another and in the silence that we we all feel. Yeah. Um but then come back on Sunday and get to rejoice with one another. Yeah. So that's that's where we're headed. Um again, thanks for for listening Duff. Thank you for inviting me. It's so great to have you. Yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful. So we'll definitely have to have you on. Again, when we're not doing the Holy Week thing. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, Dan, it's always a pleasure. Jackson, pleasure. It's all mine. Listeners, we will talk at you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>